Hello, 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 and welcome to the Greater Is In Me podcast, where each episode is intended to inform, inspire, and influence listeners to fulfill the greatness that exists within. I am your host, P. Sloan Joseph. This podcast is all about my reflections and revelations as a wife, mother, and educator. During our time together, I hope you will learn something from my stories and laugh a little along the way. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to episode 47, entitled, Rapport Starts at the Door. I'm the middle of three girls, and so you have my sister, Beth, who is the oldest, and then three years after that, I came along, and then five years after that came my younger sister, Tasha, and I have to say younger sister because she absolutely does not like us calling her the baby, and I get it because words matter. So she's the youngest of the three of us. She's our younger sister. But anyway, for for five years, I was the baby, the youngest of the family. And then all of a sudden, my parents show up with this beautiful baby doll that actually like drank milk, like real milk and cried real tears and pooped real poop. Nobody asked me how I felt about it. I just woke up one day and there was a new sister there. And I had to adjust with this movement of being the baby girl, the youngest girl, to being the middle child. And that was that on that. The relationship was established by her merely being born. That movement of Beth being the oldest, me being the middle, and Tasha being the youngest, her existence her being brought home, that established this relationship of this birth order. And from that moment, without me even realizing it, it, we had to go through this process of whether this was going to be a functional or a dysfunctional relationship. And the truth is, Tasha is like one of my best friends. Um, We text on a regular basis. She's also in education. And so she is my thought partner and really challenges me to be a better educator, to be a better mom, to be a better wife, just to be a better person. And so I tell you that story about Tasha and her just showing up one day at the house, just me minding my business, and then she shows up. I share that with you because that's the same thing that happens when it comes to our students. They're going to show up anyway, whether you start back in July or August or September, whenever you start back... Once these kids are enrolled, they are in relationship with the adults in that building, with the other children in that building. And their enrollment and this establishment of a relationship, that's not up for discussion. And so we, one, I want us to think about when we think about rapport starts at the door, this concept of when some people feel like in a building, well, those aren't my children because they're not on my roster. And so you allow certain behaviors to take place because those aren't my students. But if they are enrolled at your school, uh, yes, their parents are expecting for any adult in that building to keep their child safe. Whether that's their classroom teacher, their principal, their counselor, the cafeteria um, specialist, the bus driver, the groundskeeper, They're expecting for any adult that's in that building to keep their child safe. 
And so what we got to kind of think about is this concept of relationship and are we working every day to create functional relationships or are these dysfunctional relationships? And everybody that's listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we all have family members, whether you want to talk about it or not. I reference it as Uncle Tony or Aunt Tony. I've talked about that in several podcasts before. Everybody's got an Uncle Tony and an Aunt Tony. They're family members, right? Um, and they're, they may not be the most functional people, but they're still considered family. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries and that you don't, you know, deal with them in a particular way, but they're still considered family. The thing about this word relationship, though, is like the number one overused phrase of the year is that people are pushing it like it's a magic potion. Um, like... <laughs> Like literally, I could go through Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, go to any PLC meeting, go to any training, and I could do like a bingo card or a tally mark of how many times people are going to say relationships. And I'm actually presenting over the next couple of weeks and have done so over the last few weeks. And I've used the word relationship a lot as well. But I also talk about how we move from relationship because we're in relationship, functional or dysfunctional, to how do we move from just a basic relationship that's functional to rapport, which is something totally different. And if you look up the definition of rapport, it is defined as, let me read it so I can get it right. It's defined as a close and harmonious relationship in which the people or groups concerned understand each other's feelings or ideas and communicate well. And so my challenge is that we need to look at relationship is so basic and our schools and our students and our staff, they deserve better than basic. And so that rapport starts at the door, whether it's the bus door, whether it's the school door, the cafeteria door, the classroom door, doesn't matter. Wherever students are coming in, wherever they are going to be multiple times a day, nurturing those relationships and moving to rapport. And so let me talk to you about how you do that very quickly. Recently, I've been thinking about this a lot. And through my reading, I've learned there's three levels or three components of rapport. Number one, there's the establishment of the relationship the maintenance of the relationship and the restoration of the relationship. That's what will create rapport. The reality is just like anything, like when I met my husband or as a mother um, with my friends, you establish that relationship. There's certain things that you do to establish relationships. And we do a great job of doing that within the first like five to, you know, three to five days. But then it went, you know, it kind of goes to the side. And so we're establishing relationships, but what are we doing to maintain those relationships? What activities are we willing to do with our students to maintain, to really make that a focus every day or two to three times a week to really have those close, harmonious relationships where we are concerned with one another, we understand each other's feelings and ideas, and we communicate well with one another. So you have the establishment, you have the maintenance, but then there's restoration. What we have to realize is any meaningful relationship that you have, there are going to be conflicts. And so you don't necessarily throw that relationship away. Now, if they are crossing boundaries, that's one thing. But sometimes we're expecting perfection out of these relationships. And that's why we can't move into rapport because there's going to be some 
hot messness going on. And I know that's not really a word, but that's just what came out of my mouth just now. And so it is what it is. <laughs> but when those things, when, when we're not harmonious, what are we doing to restore that relationship? Or are we holding grudges? And are we holding grudges against children who have experienced trauma or children that haven't experienced a lot of trauma, but they're children and they're developing? And is that fair? And is that right? And so just thinking about those types of things. So when you establish a relationship, that's your hello, that's your basic, like that get to know me survey that you have and all those types of things. Now your maintenance is going to be understanding what makes that person feel safe, what builds trust, because trust takes time. You have to invest the time. You're not wasting time. Because people will say, well, that's wasting time. I have to get to my curriculum. Well, you're not wasting time. You're investing time. So words matter again calling Tasha my younger sister rather than my baby sister. Words matter. So you're not wasting time, you're investing time. And you cannot have rapport without trust. So there has to be time that's being spent. You have to listen and you have to talk. You have to listen to your students and your staff, but you have to talk to your students and your staff. There have to be affirmations, act of kindness. When you think about, you know, the five love languages, it's kind of like that. And so, you know, acts of kindness. Um, like when I think about my husband, there's a range to act of kindness. You know, there's one level is like, leave me alone and let me take this three hour nap. That's an act of kindness. Another level of that is wake me up and tell me three hours later that there's some crab legs downstairs. I mean, acts of kindness. So there's levels even to the language, the love language that your students may have, your staff members may have. Now, when we talk about restoration, you've got to acknowledge what happened. You got to apologize for what happened. You know, and and let me say this, you got to give people space to process the apology. I don't like, especially when I was at the elementary level and they do it a little bit in middle school and high school as well. As soon as somebody apologizes, they're like, okay, y'all friends again, everything's good. Go back and play. Well, no, we're teaching kids at a young age that just because somebody apologizes that that needs to be accepted. It's not saying that I'm a hold a grudge, but I may need some time to process that. So allowing students to work through those feelings and to to process an apology from another student, because you're teaching the person that's victimized that they have to rush through their feelings, but you're also teaching the person that is the one that's the perpetrator that all you have to do is say, I'm sorry and people should accept it and that's what happens and people grow up and then they have that same attitude so just thinking about how we cultivate that at a young age um so you've got acknowledge you've got apologize and then you've got the action you have to make a genuine effort to not violate that person in the same way again actions have to change that's the best apology the best apology is change behavior is a new action so I'd like to see you know what are your plans to move from relationship to rapport. What is your plan for establishing relationships, maintaining relationships and restoring relationships? Um, so hit me up, follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at P Sloan Joseph, that's P-S-L-O-A-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. And let me know, what are you gonna do? I wanna get some ideas um, from you and get some um, conversations going and some folks can kind of jump in on that and get some ideas and we can increase our PLN, our professional learning network in the process. So how do you plan to do that? And how do you plan to do that for your students? And how do you plan to do that for your staff? Because school leaders, we have to create a culture of rapport if we are going to retain 
amazing teachers in our building. Now I could go on. I listen. I have a whole. I have two soapboxes that I could get on. I could stack them on top of each other to talk about recruiting and retaining teachers. But that's another story for another day. That is not for this episode. I try to keep it short. And that is it for this episode. But remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend to like, share, and subscribe. And also listen. Y'all know I tell you two things to do at the end of every episode. Number one, give yourself grace because you can't give what you don't have. But don't be selfish with it. Turn around and give it to somebody else. And number two, take time each and every day to reflect and reaffirm yourself. Oops, excuse me. Let me start back over. To reflect and reaffirm yourself by saying greater is in me. See y'all soon.